Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. Today, we have with us a very special guest and friend of the show, Charlotte Sable, member of the Commander Advisory Group. Welcome back, Charlotte. Hello. Yeah, always great to be here. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about the recent announcement there have been several significant changes, and uh, we're, we're so psyched to have you on the show to discuss them. Yeah, not a problem. Always, again, part of the role of the CAG is to, you know, talk to the community and explain what the RC and the CAG are doing and where we see the format going and what we're trying to make it be. So, yeah, not a problem at all. No, that's that's great. And we're so happy you're here because this is a, kind of a been a big topic today. Like it's been been talked about in the community for a long time <laughs> yeah so we'll i guess we'll we'll ramp up we'll start with uh maybe the least controversial and and get into the more surprising changes out of today's announcement the first change was a change to rule 11 so rule 11 previously stated that abilities which bring cards you own from outside the game into the game such as living wish spine sire of ulamog or karn the great creator do not function in Commander. So that ruling was, or that rule was changed and now states abilities which bring other cards you own from outside the game do not function in Commander. Can you explain the addition of that other word and, and what it means for the format? Sure, this change was made to accommodate companions. Uh, so companions start outside the game. In tournament formats, this means they start in the sideboard but since Commander doesn't have sideboards, they have to just start outside the game, outside your deck. And so making this change allows uh, the companions to be playable as companions in Commander without necessarily throwing the doors wide open for wishes and everything like that. Uh, when the CAG and Rules Committee were discussing this change to allow companions into the format, um, did wish effects come up again and and because this new wording i mean clearly re reinforces the current lack of functionality for wish effects how is the cag and rc currently feel about them has have the introduction of companions changed their stance at all uh no more, more there was uh when we had our meeting back before uh you know back when spoilers had only just started and you know, when we were basically finding out about Companion and Lutri and everything, uh, we were more just annoyed that this, uh, much of the CAG was annoyed that Companion would work in Commander at all, but the RC managed to convince us that uh, it would allow for uh, some interesting new builds and creative deck building in the format. And so I'm happy to see that there's such a nice limited change to the rule that allows cards that insert themselves into the game to be, and it gives room for other similar things without letting the more open-ended cards like uh, wishes or such become a problem or become you know more widespread in the format and necessita necessitate the use of sideboards or wishboards or what have you. Uh, speaking on Companion a little bit more, there's been a little bit of a backlash against the mechanic by a lot of enfranchised players in the, the broader Magic community. Do you think that, or will the community turning against Companion, or 
disliking Companion, will that have any impact on the functionality of Companion and Commander, or is the current ruling here to stay? I would say it's too early to tell. Uh, I mean, there's certainly not going to be any sort of emergency change to the ruling, but on the whole, I mean, the sentiment within much of the CAG is that we would much prefer, you know, Lutri to be unbanned and for Companion to just not work in the format. However, you know, the RC wanted it to be this way for at least now. And so, again, right now we'll just have to sort of wait and see where things are at in three months when we have our next meeting and, you know, go from there. If if this furor uh, continues until then, if, if companions are just are still hated or especially if, uh, you know, Wizards has to take action on either specific companions or the uh, ability as a whole in tournament formats, then that would definitely probably tilt the scales a fair bit more in Commander. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see how Companion impacts uh, CEDH and competitive Commander playgroups. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, certain ones like uh, Luris are quite strong, so... Yeah, definitely. Luris, Zerda, the, the Boros Fox, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those ones are quite strong and quite interesting, certainly. But again, I feel like both of those cards make much more sense as the commander of a deck rather than as the companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, it's it, it's related, so I think it's it's good to bring up, you know. Yeah, yeah I would definitely like to see them in the format as commanders, uh, but I, I'm just worried about the, the issues we're seeing in other formats being replicated in the competitive corners of commander again again we will yeah again it's still very early to tell like i mean no one has paper cards yet and that's you know the huge 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 bulk of commander play yeah is in person right now the only commander play that can actually happen is either people proxying up cards or playing on magic online and again those are all very tiny slivers yeah. So we'll need to wait and see what the broader community can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because I've I've seen a ton of brewing happening, but it's like other than goldfishing or like maybe playing with your group of friends, I haven't really seen that much. Um, it's just hard to get a, a gauge on like what the format yeah, as a whole course. is going to be like for again, another... again, especially considering the uh, you know global pandemic and everything we're dealing with right now. This is a very much a wait-and-see sort of situation. But for now, companions are allowed in the format and aren't likely to be emergency banned, you know, mm-hmm. beyond Blue Tree, which we already did. So <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, well, there was one other major change to the commander rules coming in this announcement, and that was the banning of Flash. All right, so Flash. Flash is a two-mana instant, one and a blue. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you do, sacrifice it unless you pay its mana cost reduced by up to two generic. Um, kind of, you know, a card everyone plays with in all their normal commander decks. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally that that, that commander staple Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, very infrequently used and really only sees play in the competitive corners of the metagame. In combination yes, yes. with Protean Hulk. Right. So P- Protean Hulk, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, is 5 green green for a creature beast. It's a 6-6. Six, six. 
and when it dies, you can search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost, six or less, and put them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. So in combination with Flash, you can get Protean Hulk onto the battlefield and have it die for as little as two mana, and then you can go ahead and, and get combo pieces totaling converted mana cost six or less and get them onto the battlefield all at once. So it's been very influential in... Uh, in the CEDH metagame, it's caused a lot of problems, and there's been a lot of concern about this card uh, for over the past year or so from the CEDH community. It's gotten uh, a lot of attention. So can you yeah, explain the decision to, to ban Flash after leaving it legal for, for quite a while now? Sure. So uh, the competitive side of Commander, like the, the high power CEDH end of the format, has been uh, complaining about Flash a lot for, you know, a couple of years now, especially ever since uh, Protean Hulk was unbanned in 2017. It really took on extra, uh, extra vigor and extra, you know, uh, imperative. In, it became extra imperative to to that side of the community that Flash was removed from the format after Paradox Engine got banned. And I will fully admit, when Paradox Engine was banned from Commander, I certainly didn't understand the, the effect that that would have on high-end Commander and how Paradox Engine decks in CEDH were one of the few things that could keep Hulk decks in check, like Flash Hulk decks in check. Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously after all of that, uh, me and a lot of other people on the CAG and RC became much more educated in that subject. That move basically led to, especially the, uh, the pushback on that move on the engine ban from the CEDH community and then the renewed calls for Flash to be removed, mm -hmm. uh, led to a much greater dialogue between us and the CEDH community or the, or certain members of it. And in that intervening time, we've definitely been communicating with each other a lot more. And the CEDH community, at least the people we've been talking to, have made it very clear that in their opinion, uh, removing Flash is the only thing that's really needed to sort of rebalance the format again so that there's not just a best deck like, whereas right now Flash Hulk is the thing you should be doing. And if you're not doing Flash Hulk, you're basically playing a tier 1.5 or lower deck, right? So as for what caused us to ban Flash now, uh, I mean, these conversations, of course, have been going on for, you know, uh, most of a year. Yeah, yeah, it's been beyond. a while. Yeah. And so, and in all of that time, there haven't been other uh, boogeymen cards that have emerged like flash and the opinion of of the people we trust in the cedh community hasn't changed about the necessity of flash being removed from the format the there were certainly some talk in the uh rc and cag groups uh after the engine ban that oh it'll just take some time for the metagame to sort of resettle and something else will come up but nothing did right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flash hulk just remained the best thing to do and anything that seemed like it would be a good answer to Flash Hulk was just better if you actually included Flash Hulk in it, like, you know, demonic consultation lines or whatever. And so 
And then especially with uh, the printing of Thassa's Oracle in Theros Beyond Death, that was just sort of somewhat the straw that broke the camel's back on the subject because that just removes even one more point of interaction from the combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when we went into this most recent meeting, uh, quarterly meeting, the CAG specifically pushed really, really hard at the RC to actually finally do something about this. Like the RC had a very different plan. The RC had, I'm not going to talk about what the RC wanted to do because it's obviously not what they decided to do. And so yeah. our private conversations shouldn't be, you know, necessarily talked about, but they had a very different plan that did not involve banning flash. And we basically pushed back and said, well, why not? And gave, reasonable arguments as to why flash should be removed from even the casual end of the format hmm. and i mean basically the uh you know the the what it boils down to is whether or not you think uh cedh is is part of commander whether or not you think it should be a separate format etc the thing is at the moment the cedh community is not you know stepping up to take they're part of the format in their own hands and make their own ban list or make their own committee. And, you know, they've expressed an interest in staying a part of the commander community. And as such, when, you know, there's almost a unified cry to do something that has minimal impact on, you know, the majority of players in the casual end of commander, then, you know, it certainly isn't too impossible or too, you know, outrageous for, us, you know, help throw a bucket of water on their house while they sort their things out, you know. Mm -hmm. If, uh, you know, and again, this is exceptional, like they said. This is the result of a year of, like, intense high-level discussions, right? Like, yeah. they've basically made it clear to us that this is, that Flash was, like, a perfect storm sort of situation. And so, you know, we don't imagine that anything different is going to come up you know, soon there's not going to be a new boogeyman to the level of Flash. Like, yeah. the metagame will be able to regulate itself a little more healthily in uh, CEDH, hopefully. And then if they come back in a bit with, you know, complaints about consultation or whatever at the same level, then we'll know that there's, you know, more of an incompatibility issue. And at that point, then maybe more specific talks need to be made about, you know, dividing the formats or what have you. But... For right now, since, you know, both sides seem to be in agreement that this is a once in, you know, once in a lifetime sort of problem, we decided to find, or I don't know what the, what pushed the RC over the edge, but the keg was basically saying like, look, we've, we've listened to them. We trust them enough to be having these talks with them. Let's at least, let's like trust them enough to, you know, do this one thing. And then mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, we can, you know, always go back on it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd really like to discuss the wording of the um, of the announcement. I'm just going to quote yeah. directly from one of these paragraphs. Um, enough, enough CEDH players who we trust have convinced us that it is the only change they need for the environment they seek to cultivate. Uh, though they represent a small fraction of the commander player base, we are willing to make this effort for them. It should not be taken as a signal that we are considering any kind of change in how we intend to manage the format. This is an extraordinary step and one we are unlikely to repeat. There's a, a couple things there that really stick out to me. One is uh, the way they describe, the way it describes uh, 
CEDH as an environment that CEDH players seek to cultivate rather than something that's really the responsibility of the rules committee. Right. And that's sort of like reiterated later with the, the line, it should not be taken as a signal that we are considering any kind of change in how we intend to manage the format. Uh, so so really, it, it definitely implies that controlling CEDH is not the goal of the rules committee. Exactly. I mean, and that it never has been, and nor should it be based on our philosophy document. Um, CEDH is taking commander and purposefully putting yourself on the outer rim, yeah. you know, of the circle that is the format, right? So, uh, you know, but, so by definition, some, someone that, you know, puts themselves on the perimeter of something can never find themselves centered by it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and even if, uh, you know, we did want to do more for that part of the format there'd always be people seeking that new edge right so yeah i i really do appreciate the efforts of the cag in in making this change um i think that considering cdh as part of the broader edh community is is just a more inclusive way to the format i think it's more in line exactly. with the type of community that that wizards and the leaders of commander uh right. have been and should be trying to build so um Exactly. So thank you for like, that. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, it it again, I will admit when I got on the CAG, I knew not a lot about com- competitive EDH. I had probably a poor opinion of it in that, you know, my my mental preconception was, you know, stories of pub stomping that I'd heard or experienced myself, but, you know, the more I talked with people, the more I learned things like i mean i i'm a judge i've seen tournament magic i know how tournament metagames work and i mean obviously like my own ideas when it comes to deck building and stuff i mean i certainly embrace some amount of that you know build optimally ethos i understand where they're coming from i understand what they want to do the fact that they approach the format from a slightly different angle doesn't mean that they don't want to be part of it. And, like, very specifically, they say we don't want to be our own format. We want to just take Commander and put ourselves at the edge of it, right? They don't want to be something that is not Commander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the biggest uh, issue facing, like, the more casual side of Commander right now is the power level question, Right. The, the rule zero discussion, getting people to play in a way that makes the game fun for everyone that's sitting down at the table, mm-hmm. right? That is the big question of how do we resolve that, especially as more and more commander play is done with what uh, the RC likes to call untrusted groups, right? Groups of people who you don't know, who you don't play with every week, you know, just pick up games at your LGS, etc. And... To me, from what I've learned from watching, listening, talking with people in the CEDH end of things, is they have that question answered. They know what to expect when they sit down because the answer to them is, I am doing everything I can to win, mm-hmm. and I am not cutting any corners, and you have, you better be doing that too. Which is, again, not necessarily the way everyone wants to play, but... The fact that there is not uh, 
that sort of uh, you know question when people sit down for a game of CEDH is one of the one of the biggest positives for it. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. I, I've said before. I think that everyone's definition of a seven in power level is different, but most people's definition mm-hmm. of a ten is the same. I, I think people should be talking more rather than like I think trying to put a numerical scale on it is is the wrong way to go. I think more talking about how fast is your deck, you know, how consistent, how how does it win? Mm-hmm. That those are the more important questions for for balancing the experiences people want to have. Yeah. Right. Oh no, I I actually totally agree with you. Like when when I am playing with people who I don't normally play with. I try to stay away from like, oh, what power level is your deck? And I ask like, well, how much fast mana do you have? Like, do you have mana crypt in your deck? Like, do you win that? Like, do you have a combo finish? Like stuff like that, that, um, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. It, like... It's going to give you more meaningful information when you sit down across from a Muldrotha player and they say, yeah, I win with combo and I have fast mana. Then if you sit down from a Muldrotha player and they go, oh, I really like Rampaging Baloths or whatever. Like, it's a completely different game. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the, the Muldrotha player that's playing, you know, Landfall, Rampaging Baloths, or, you know, like, Modular Muldrotha, which I've actually seen once and was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Just a bunch of modular creatures and sacrifice outlets and stuff. That's cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you know... It, especially with the more open-ended commanders like Muldrotha or, you know, Alesha or, I don't know, like even Korvold, you can build a bunch of different ways, right? Like, yeah, it, 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 the, having that conversation is good. And I think that there are things that the wider EDH community can learn from the CEDH community about how they handle those sorts of expectations and things like that, right? Oh, totally. You know, because, like, not every CEDH player, you know, if all they cared about was winning, then every pod of CEDH would just be four Flashhulk decks, right? Like, it's not. There's a bunch of stuff out there, which is really cool. People want to sit down and talk about, you know, what their deck does, how it wins, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, there's a lot of innovators. Yeah, exactly. And especially in CEDH, where the gains have many fewer turns and the stacks get bigger and whatever, them having that discussion, especially against a deck that they haven't faced before, you know, where it talks about, okay, this is my combo. I usually win with these, this combo or these spells or whatever, right? Those are the important discussions that I think we need to learn how to pluck and transplant to the wider EDH community without it, without anyone feeling like butthurt or, you know, mm-hmm. upset about not being able to maybe play the deck they want to play, right? Yeah. I, I want to return briefly uh, to something. I'm a little bit, although the, the announcement specifically states um, that this is an extraordinary step and one unlikely to be repeated. Uh, I am a little bit skeptical that this this decision to ban, to ban Flash can't be used as a precedent for future decisions. And, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that uh, the Rules Committee should take ownership of the competitive commander community, but... I don't think that they can get the genie back in the bottle. You know what I mean? Right. No, no. I mean, we don't, we're not trying to stamp out the competitive community. We're just trying to make it clear that 
this is a one-time thing after, you know, a year, year and a half of discussion, and we are not going to just, you know, bend over to every community outcry about something. If this is what it takes to move the bar, then, you know, it's not likely that anything else is going to move at any time soon. Yeah. Right? Basically, when we've talked to other members of the CAG, uh, Shivam when we've talked to him before mentioned that he thinks that cedh is like a valuable part of the community i, I know that that's a an opinion that uh, a few members of the cag and i'm assuming rc have but uh, in this announcement mm-hmm. we've been talking about a few things that made me question just if the rc does see cedh as an important tool to have in the format um like i know yeah. for for me and nick um, having people in the community that just turn the knob up to 11 really shows you a lot about the pressure points in the format. It really gives you a lot of information to work with when you're talking about cards and uh, talking oh, about Oh, yeah, builds. absolutely. So it is, obviously, you, you might not know who in particular, but is does it seem like the RC is just more inclined to let CEDH do its thing? Or is, do you think this announcement has kind of swayed their opinion that like maybe it is valuable to have these these people in the community more i don't know what went on behind the scenes but i know that before this last meeting if you'd asked me i would probably have said that on the rc there is like one pro cedh person and three anti-cedh people or people that don't care enough about cedh to really acknowledge Mm mm-hmm its place in the community anyway okay in regards to the cag who you've probably had a, a decent yeah. amount more contact with it, it my perspective from a player uh someone on twitter basically has been that the cag has been more pro um cedh yeah. being in the community is that there, is that an actual there, is that correct basically <laughs> to a larger degree yes there are certainly people on the cag who are less Pro CEDH. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not going to name names. Oh, no, of People course. are free to speak their own minds. Yeah. And if you uh, look at, you know, the social media feeds of folks, especially on the CAG, where we're allowed to spread our own opinions more, you'll be able to find the answer. But, like, I'd say, again, I'd say it's more like three or four of us that have been wanting to sort of bridge this gap. And then there's one I know that's that's indifferent slash leaning against cedh and would be perfectly fine if it stopped being part of the format tomorrow but um you know in general it's much more for and supportive of that high edge of the format Mm -hmm. you know almost to an opposite ratio of the uh, rc but okay again i don't know i mean obviously the rc uh, voted to ban Flash, mm-hmm. and I was there for the discussion that swayed them, but I obviously wasn't there for their final discussion and their vote, so I don't know what pushed them over the edge to change. All I know is that they came to us with a very different idea. We pushed back very hard against that, mm-hmm. and they uh, came to a different decision, so... I don't know if someone's opinion has changed markedly or if people were just more willing to give this a chance. I mean, I know, I mean, I I love and support the CEDH community, but I personally will be happy to see 
people shutting up about Flash finally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just, I've, I've just heard enough about that card and I'm just glad it's just done, you know? I'd like to talk a little bit about the effect that rules committee decisions uh, that are aimed at the casual commander community can have on the competitive community. Sure. As you mentioned earlier, in, in 2017, Protean Hulk got unbanned, and that led to the rise of these, these Flash Hulk decks, and, and later on, the, right. the banning of Paradox Engine really accelerated the problem. So I want to just quote the, the rationale for unbanning Protean Hulk from when that decision was made. We acknowledge that the card will be strong, but are of the opinion that it won't be the centralizing factor it once would have been. Back when Protean Hulk was banned, both creatures and graveyard control were nowhere near as strong as they are today. We know combo possibilities exist with the card, but they need to be specifically built around. So to us, it becomes a great value card instead of a dangerous combo piece in casual environments. We suspect that Protean Hulk will be much like Akusho when it was unbanned, powerful but not broken in the current commander landscape. Right. So my, my question about that is, does the rationale that they used for Protean Hulk, is that still in place? Is that rationale still going to hold for future banning or unbanning decisions? Or has it changed since Protean Hulk was unbanned in 2017? I think it should still hold for the most part. I mean, I feel like banning Hulk in the first place was the wrong card to ban. They should have banned Flash back in 2007 yeah. or whenever it was originally banned. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I, l- allow me to give you a little bit of a history lesson about Flash and Flash Hulk specifically. So when Protean Hulk was printed in Ravnica in 2005, it wasn't an issue because at that time Flash had different functionality. Flash at that time had a power level errata on it that made it basically act the way that the cards like Mox Diamond or, you know, Lake of the Dead or whatever do now. Basically, you had to do the thing for it to actually enter the battlefield at all. Otherwise, it just went directly to your graveyard mm-hmm. without hitting the battlefield first. So there's no combo potential there. But then uh, in 2006, I think, I forget the exact dates, but yeah, in 2006... They removed that power level errata on Flash to give it the current wording, which is, you know, close to its original printed wording. That really, really obviously, you know, made it broken with a lot of things, but specifically Protean Hulk. It took all of like six weeks or something for Flash Hulk to dominate a Legacy Grand Prix and get itself banned and get Flash banned in Legacy. Mm -hmm. And then a year later... Flash got restricted in Vintage, and Protean Hulk around the same time was banned in Commander. For as long as Flash has worked the way it has, it has been a problem with Protean Hulk. Mm -hmm. No, it's not a problem in the casual end of the community, but Flash has the same problem that cards like Birthing Pod and such have in that they're only going to get better as time goes on Yeah, in, in eternal formats like Commander and Legacy and whatnot. They're only ever going to get better as better creatures get printed, as more and more, you know, spell creatures with ETB or death triggers get printed. And so there's no way for them to balance the cards. And obviously something like Flash in a format like Commander, they're not going to specifically balance 
card creation around because, you know, it's not their job. You know, they, they care about balancing standard and maybe pioneer and draft and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like even just recently with, uh, with what is it? Nick's Bloom Ancient. Like that, that provided another new juicy thing to flash out for ridiculous benefit, right? Yeah. Like you flash out Nick's Bloom Ancient because you're allowed to, because you're asked to pay the mana cost, you're allowed to generate mana. Nick's Bloom Ancient is on the battlefield at that time. So you get to make a bunch of triple mana and then, oh, I don't pay. And oops, my Nick's Bloom Ancient dies, but now I have all this mana. And so now I've used flash as like a, a big ritual, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. So, I mean, that and the, ver- the various rectors, Arena Rector and uh, Academy Rector, you know, th- there's just a bunch of uses for this broken old card that shouldn't work the way it does, wouldn't with proper modern templating, you know. Yeah. And it just doesn't belong in a format. It's a mistake. Like, it's a mistake on the same sort of level as, you know, things like Time Walk. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are not balanced at all because they're old cards that were designed and people didn't know what the hell they were doing. And the game was different and creatures were different. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there weren't very many creatures at all that had, like, ETB abilities at all, you know? Yeah, that that was kind of a much later design. Things thing. were just there and attacked, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I understand that uh, you all are a bit tired of hearing from the, the CEDH community and... Uh, wouldn't mind getting a little bit of a reprieve but i'm wondering if because like the current problem was the result of protean hulk getting unbanned or a card getting unbanned without concern for how it would affect the competitive community uh is there are there any plans to consult with cedh in the future or the cedh community in the future regarding potential changes and whether they might have an effect well, well, absolutely. I mean, we, we are much, because of this last year of discussions, we are much more plugged in as a group to the concerns and, you know, vagaries of CEDH. And so I don't think a situation like not understanding the impact of bannings uh, is going to happen again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I still, I still think banning Paradox Engine was the correct move. By the way, it it was becoming quite degenerate in casual. Yeah, no, commander. I, I, I mean, I think me and oh, I'll speak for me. I think I agree with you for sure. <laughs> like, I, it's unfortunate that it killed off a bunch of non-flash and specifically non-blue decks in CEDH, but you know that can't be the RC and the CAG's primary concern. Again, we need to balance for the bulk of the format, and the bulk of the format isn't CEDH. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, agree. I uh, personally of the, am of the opinion that cutting off the, the outliers in terms of power level is likely to lead to a more fun and diverse format. Um, like, yeah, exactly. like if Paradox Engine is so powerful that it's subsidizing all these decks that wouldn't work otherwise like that mm-hmm. is more of a game balance issue rather than like oh we need to keep paradox engine around yeah well those are all the questions i had i have a broader question that i was hoping i could get your opinion on yeah. um not not sure. directly related to this ban list announcement how do you think the current pandemic is affecting the way people are playing commander um well obviously it's making it very difficult slash impossible for a lot of people to play commander you mm-hmm. know people 
obviously if you can't get out to the LGS, we're not supposed to have gatherings even big enough to have, you know, a commander pod in general. So unless you happen to live with three other commander players, you're certainly not playing face-to-face paper commander right now. Yeah. It's been great for surging sort of, you know, uh, camera online commander and, you know, it's brought more interest for things like uh, cockatrice and whatnot and magic online even for online commander. But again, those are only as good and you have to have either the money, you know, for something like magic online or you already have to have had a webcam or been able to get one before they all sold out everywhere. Yeah. Uh, to be able to do webcam commander. Uh, but like, you know, I think it's fine. Like the community is, the community is coming together and being supportive and tons and tons of content creators are putting out videos of, you know, how to stay connected during this. Like it's, it's been really, really heartwarming to see that people are not, are, you know, still trying to encourage people to, you know, enjoy magic, even if we can't enjoy the gathering right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you think that uh, the current focus on, say, Cockatrice or webcam-based play or Magic Online, do you think that's going to have a lasting impact on how people play Commander in the future? Yeah, I certainly can't imagine that everyone who's, you know, gone out of their way to get a camera set up or whatever is going to stop playing Commander Online. Yeah. <laughs> camera, just because... It's, like, super convenient, you know, like, you know, I mean, I might not have time to go to my LGS for a whole evening, right, and play Commander, but I can certainly, you know, get my play area set up and turn on my camera, pop into the Play EDH Discord and, you know, grab a game within, like, 5-10 minutes, and, you know, if I have, like, a two-hour block, okay, I get a game in and... You know, then I can go about with the rest of my day and it's a lot more convenient. I don't certainly, I certainly think obviously the volume will decrease mm -hmm. as more people get, go back to their LGSs and, you know, play with their friends again. But I certainly think it's definitely going to change. It's going to make that a more permanent part of the community and a more permanent part of like content creation as well. Because, you know, there's been a huge uptick in paper commander streams since this whole thing started and there seem, definitely seems to be the audience for it so i would be shocked if all of that went away when this is all said and done yeah do you think that the fact that people are having to rely on webcam setups with paper cards and or using cockatrice do you think that it that's sort of highlighting the issue of how difficult it is to play digital commander on a, a licensed wizards product uh, well, again, yes, like in a way, I mean, like Magic Online has its own issues. It's an old program at this point, you know, it's not a game. It's, it's, you know, it's a spreadsheet basically. Um, but like, you know, it certainly is its own thing. It has a lot of, you know, vagaries. Like the thing, the thing is the fact that it, you have to play with, it has to enforce the magic rules at the same time as letting you play means that things work very mechanically and very very robotically in a way in that you know you have to be very explicit about your priority passes and setting stops and that sort of thing and it's a different way to play for a lot of people and a lot of people aren't going to like it there's also the issues of fitting all the cards in I, th I think the biggest issue is because commander is very much a social format 
And because, you know, decks are as expensive as they are, a lot of people just don't want to have to rebuy their decks online, right? Mm -hmm. I've gone to the trouble of building this, these decks, of foiling these decks, whatever, right? I have the decks the way I like them. And there's just certain cards that just don't exist on Magic Online still from the history of Magic. And if one of those cards doesn't exist, or if it was, you know, released in a treasure chest once, and it, you know, this card that's like, two bucks in real life, you know, is suddenly 50 ticks online or, you know, I mean, certainly there's cards that are vice versa, like a lot of reserve list stuff is super cheap on Magic Online, but still, you know, I think the bigger issue is people have their decks and they want to play their decks. They don't want to have to recreate their deck in some sort of weird digital form. Mm -hmm. And there's just something nice about playing with your own cards and being able to manipulate them and take those casual shortcuts that you just can't do on something like Magic Online or Magic Arena. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it can always be frustrating to like have the growing pains with a new interface where, you know, you, you try to like just the other day I was um, trying to cast a heartless act and remove counters from something and the default doesn't remove the maximum number of counters. So I accidentally, Oof. yeah, let uh, let an amass token live when I meant to kill it. Um, Oof. But that's oh. awkward. Yeah, uh, but just one one last question uh, related to the, the pandemic, and this is a little bit of an an, an unpleasant thing to touch on. But uh, do you think that local game stores going out of business as a result of um, restrictions on on essential on non-essential businesses do you think that that's going to have an impact on how people play commander well absolutely like if your lgs is gone then that's one less place you can go and you know if if the next closest lgs is you know the next town over then that's going to make it a lot harder to play in person and so those people are either going to stop playing or going to move online or whatever like it's unfortunate like a lot of a lot of stores are going to go out of business because of this and you know but like this is this is a global crisis the level of which hasn't been seen any time in my lifetime or you know probably any time since like you know world war ii and so you know the world's going to change because of this in lots of ways and you know not to, to think that magic and the way we play magic is going to be unaffected is certainly a little uh, foolhardy. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. All right. Well, those are all the questions I had. Are there any last thoughts you want to share with us on the topic of uh, the current pandemic or the, the recent ban list uh, announcement? Anything you'd like to let our audience know? Um. I would like to stress that I know there are some people out there that uh, get upset any time that cards are added to the ban list without things also being removed from the ban list. And, you know, I, I sympathize. I certainly don't want Commander to have a huge unwieldy ban list. Uh, I would like to see some cards on the ban list unbanned, but there are, there are reasons that everything is currently banned and... The biggest thing to realize in that department is just because if something was printed new now that it wouldn't be banned doesn't necessarily mean that the card should be unbanned. Mm -hmm. You know, the weight required to do one is not the same as the other. Like, to be unbanned, a card has to actually offer something to the format more than just not being ban-worthy anymore, right? Hmm. 
That's an that's an interesting philosophy. Um, I, I don't know, but we can discuss that another yeah, time. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I know it's. I know uh, you got to get going, but thank you again for taking the time yeah, to talk with problem. us. I know I'm happy to happy to help and happy to help you get the information out uh, as soon as possible about the, all of this. So yeah, always a pleasure, and uh, let's chat again soon about something a little less uh, serious. For yeah, sure. Of course. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it, Charlotte, and uh, hope you have a great day. Thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.